Amen, amen. Let's give it up for the worship team. Thanks, guys. Such a rich time on our first Sunday here. Thank you all. That was powerful. So good. Good morning again, everybody. Isn't it fun to be here? This new church building? Let's go. Hey, I can see you guys. This is great. we got a big window right there. Sunlight. Who likes natural light? Anybody? Come on. All right. I do, too. It's great. It's great. All right. Well, hey, I'm excited to be here. If you're, I see a few new faces. If I haven't met you, my name's Mitchell. I'm the lead pastor here and just so pumped that you decided to worship with us uh, this morning. It's an exciting day, not just because of a new building, but God, this is a, this is a testimony of his faithfulness. This is a testimony of his provision. And, and what I'm going to share this morning will hopefully be inspiring and keep us focused that even though this is amazing testimony, it's not about the new building. <laughs> it's about him and his glory. And uh, he has specific purposes in mind for places of worship. And I'm going to share some of that um, in just a little bit. But first, here's a, I want to just do a couple things here. I want to honor some folks. Um, so let's see. Uh, in order to, I wish we had a picture maybe of like what this place used to look like. It was ugly. It did not look like this. <laughs> it was like, I don't know, it felt like 10 different colors on the, diff- on the walls. And there was doors and there was, it was just weird. Uh, but we turn it into a, a sanctuary. But the way that happened was through a lot of work and time and sacrifice from a lot of people. Uh, a couple specific shout-outs. I know he's out of town right now, but Heath Redding partnered up with – let's give it up for Heath. Maybe again next week. His wife's over here. He's out of town today, but he gave up a lot of time to partner with Larry, who's leading, leading running point here. Also, Pavel. I think Pavel's back here. He helped paint everything. Thank you, Pavel. Appreciate it. And then uh, – Raise, actually, if you helped at all, if you, especially if you are here yesterday or if you did any sort of cleaning, we just stand to your feet real quick? We want to just say thank you so much. Stand to your feet. Come on. Come on. Thank you, guys. Woohoo! Thank you. Heroes. Heroes, heroes. Y'all are amazing. So thanks for being a great church, guys. All right. A couple other random <laughs> reminders and announcements. Uh, so there's obviously still some uh, construction and things going on. Um, there's a uh, balcony up there, but you'll notice there's no railing. So just, we're just not having people go up there yet because we don't want anybody to fall off. Um, but also we're working on a bathroom in there that's going to be a little bit easier access. But specifically, here's a reminder, restrooms for ladies. You got it. There's a map, I think, right here. Uh, right out those doors. You'll If you keep going on out, there's stairs. You walk up there. And then if you actually look at those windows, that's, that's kind of like the walkway that, that goes to the bathroom, all right? So just in case, you need to use the restroom. Uh, guys, it's actually downstairs right around the corner. We gave you those two ladies because there's two up there, and they're just a little nicer than this one, all right? So sorry, you got to get a little quad workout to go to the bathroom, all right? <laughs> Another fun, fun announcement here is right after the service, just we wanted to rightly celebrate just this special day and just God's provision. And so after the service, you already saw some donuts there, but we're also going to have a couple cookie cakes made by Kelly Casillas, wherever Kelly is. There we go. (laughs) She makes some good cookie cakes, y'all, so watch out. And there'll be some games out there, too, if y'all want to hang out after church. It'll be fun. All right, well, let's uh, jump into the message here. And um, if you have not been with us, here's what we've been doing the last few weeks. We have done this series. We're on week three now of this series called Alone with God. Everybody say Alone with God. So what I'm talking about is not being lonely. I'm talking about the one-on-one time that we get to spend with the Lord. Honestly, guys, this is, this is one of the most amazing, actually, I would say the highest privilege that we have as born-again believers 
is that God allows us to have relationship with him, to spend time with him, to engage with him. And the reason why this is so amazing, which I don't want to skim over, is because who I'm talking about. God, I mean, God that spoke the world into existence, the reason why it's so amazing that I get to be alone with him is because he's God. <laughs> he doesn't have to or uh, allow us to engage with him, but he does. He is so glorious. He is so amazing. He's so worthy. He's got, uh, Revelation describes Jesus as eyes like a flame of fire. He allows us to interact with this living God. It's amazing. It's such a privilege. And we always want, as we talk a lot about getting alone with God, or we'll also call it time with Jesus. We want to consider it not a duty or an obligation, but what a privilege that we get to be with God. So we've talked the first week, we talked a lot about, you know, before this becomes consistent in our life, where we get alone with God every day, we need to be hungry for it. And so a couple weeks ago, we just talked about being hungry for God's presence, and, and it was a powerful time of just surrendering and saying, Lord, make me desire you more than I do now. And then last week, I did a little kind of modeling what a time with Jesus could look like. And I showed you kind of uh, tracking through worship, word, prayer, and listening to God. And so hopefully that was helpful for you. And uh, we have an unapologetic goal by the end of this series. The series ends March 6th. The unapologetic goal is that everyone in our church spends time with God every single day. Not out of obligation, but out of joy and out of delight. Because it's in that place of you and I connecting with God and learning how to have a personal relationship with him that all good fruit flows. John 15, which um, is going to be talked about in the next couple weeks, Jesus makes it clear. Like, hey, if you abide in me, you will produce much fruit. And he also says, if you don't abide in me, you won't produce fruit. Abiding means staying connected, staying engaged with the Lord and getting time with him. So we are, and, and this at the end of my message, I'm going to, you're actually going to get to hear a few testimonies from some people that have learned to get time with God consistently, and they're going to share some breakthroughs that they've uh, been experiencing connected to getting alone time with God. So hopefully you'll be encouraged by that. But first, here's what we're going to do. Uh, I'm going to talk about a couple elements about being alone with God, but specifically, I'm going to tie that into how it affects us corporately in the gathering of believers, Okay. And so what I, hang on, just a second, <laughs> you guys get a head start there on, on where I'm going. But what I want to talk about is, especially our first service in this building, I want to talk about two biblical and primary focuses for the house of God or the church. It's different phrasing throughout scripture that talks about the place, the gathering place of worship for believers. House of the Lord is one of them. And I want to share with you guys two primary focuses that are in scripture uh, for the house of the Lord, because I want this to be clear. We're not here just to have cozy chairs and to have some good coffee and donuts and just to engage with each other. There's some really profound spiritual purposes in us gathering together as the people of God. Okay, you guys ready? I bet you know what the two are if you looked at that screen. <laughs> One, it's all right, Lindsay, don't worry. One, God says his house is a house of prayer. And two, he says that his house or the church of the living God is a pillar and a foundation of the truth. So we're going to go into those two things. Let's pray and ask the Lord to speak to us. So, Lord, here we are this morning. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your faithfulness to provide this place of worship for us. And, Lord, we ask you that you would bring clarity to what you say the primary focuses and purposes of your house is, the place where the believers gather to worship you. Show us. Reveal it to us through Scripture. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's actually start with that second one, a pillar and foundation of the truth. This is taken from 2 Timothy 3.15, and it'll be on the screen. 
Um, Paul writes this to Timothy, and he's giving him some encouragement as a young pastor. And here's a couple things. He says he wants to come visit him, but, he's, but Paul says, hey, if I'm delayed, you will know how people ought to c- conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God. And look at that description, the pillar and, oh, and foundation of, this, of the truth. Maybe it's 1 Timothy 3.15. <laughs> Sometimes I make mistakes, and actually that's all right. First, is that just the wrong verse? Wow. I promise, guys, I, I, uh, I read my Bible. I promise. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. Here we go. Is it First Timothy? <laughs> that was close. Anyways. Um, oh, wait. There it is. That's hilarious, guys. I feel great. All right, 1 Timothy 3.15, if I am delayed, (laughs) you know, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. Now, let me comment real quick before I dive into that. Remember that pillar word, the first um, kind of three Sundays of this semester, so to speak, we did a series called Pillars, and it's been a significant word for us about what does it look like to be a pillar in God's house, like a support in God's house. But literally in this verse, it describes the whole, the church, the household of God as a pillar and a support or a foundation of what? Truth. Now, one of the main, and I need you to hear this, one of the main responsibilities of the church or the household of God is to uphold, teach, preserve, proclaim, and help people discern the truth. Now, if you're wondering what the truth is, here's an awesome prayer from Jesus in John 17. This is what scholars call the high priestly prayer, one of the last uh, prayers recorded in Scripture from Jesus before his crucifixion. And uh, there's a little line, John 17, 17, it says this. Lord, Jesus, Jesus is talking to the Father. He says, sanctify them like your people, the ones you've entrusted me, sanctify them in the truth. And what's truth? Your word is the truth. Your word is the truth. So here's what I want to say to our church, and this is really important, especially in the uh, time that we're living in, especially in just the last couple years. If you are wondering what's true, if you're wondering who to trust, if you're wondering what perspective is solid or what opinion is solid, what narrative to follow or believe, don't look online to find out. Don't look at the news to find out. Don't look at the latest article that you found, no matter what search engine you did it through. Okay. Don't look at a university. Don't look at psychology. Don't even look at the YouTube video of this Bible guy that has thousands of followers. Here's where we look. If you're trying to discern and know the truth, you look at, I'm going to say it two different ways. You look at the word of God in the context of the people of God. You look at the word of God in the context of the people of God. Now, the reason I add that second part is because that's what the scripture says, that the church, the household of God, is the pillar and support or foundation of the truth. But also, like, if it's just you alone in your closet or you alone in your bedroom or you alone in your office or you alone with God in the Bible, that is amazing But that's not what scripture says is the pillar and foundation of the truth. It starts here. It starts with you and I taking seriously, personally studying the word of God. 
But in order to help us discern truth, we need the people of God. We need all of us studying scripture alone and then bringing what God's speaking to us and teaching us together to weigh what we're learning, to discern what we're learning. It's when we do not listen to anybody else's perspective and opinion from the word of God is when we get into kind of our own hyper kind of individualism that we'd like to do in America. It's all about what I'm learning and don't, don't disagree with my truth. No, no, no. We need the people of God. 1 Corinthians 13 is really clear. It says we know in part and we see in part. And that's in the context of those chapters in 1 Corinthians about the body of Christ. You guys tracking with me? So the house of the Lord is a, is a place where the word of God is preached, and it helps us discern truth. We need each other. And it's not one person that knows it all. It's not the pastor that knows it all. I need you guys to help me discern the truth. Of course, I study this a lot, okay, but I don't want you just to take my word for it every time I preach the Bible, but I need us studying the word of God and then working it out together to help us land on and discern truth. Amen? Now, since uh, the word of God is a huge element of our alone time with him, which is the series that we're in, I wanted to just, I'm kind of going to pause the sermon just for a second. I want to pray. But what I want to do is I want to strengthen this in us. I want to strengthen this in you. I want to strengthen our resolve and our commitment to the word of God. And there's two main things. There's a slide that I just want to pray for. One is an increased hunger and desire for the word of God. That's not appealing to anybody? (laughs) But I also want an increased consistency and diligence in his word. Because some of us, we're easily excitable. I might put myself in that category. Easily excited. Yes, let's go. I'm passionate. Let's go. But we struggle with the follow through. <laughs> we struggle with the like, oh, 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 I actually need to like not push news for the 15th time. Okay. You know, I need to. <laughs> okay. But some of us, you're really good at schedules and routine and all that stuff. But you kind of, you, you know that maybe you're lacking some of the passion, the zeal. Or maybe your, your passion is or your hunger is, is directed somewhere else. So if you want one of these two things, then I want to pray for you. But let me first show you what Psalm 119 says. Because here's the deal. If you want, if you want those two things, you, you, don't, you need to look no further than Psalm 119. It's the longest chapter in the Bible, but it's all about the word of God. There's other phrases found in there that describes the word of God, like testimonies, commands, rules, your law, the law of your mouth. But here's what this says. In the context of, like, hungering and thirsting and desiring for more of his word, look at what these verses say in Psalm 119. I think there's a slide that has them all up there. And listen, this would be amazing, like, language for your prayers if you want to hunger and desire God's word more. This is some of the ways that David said it. He said, in the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. That would be an amazing prayer. Lord, I want to delight in your testimonies, your word, more than I do in all riches. My soul is consumed with longing for your rules at all times. Wouldn't that be amazing to be true of all of us? 47, for I find my delight in your commandment, which I love. The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. Wouldn't that be amazing? Like if someone were offering you millions of dollars at the cost of loving the word of God, I would love for us to deny the millions of dollars and say, no, I'm going to love the word of God. And I'm going to delight in his word. I'm going to follow him faithfully and love to hunger for this. So it talks about how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Listen, y'all, I got a real bad sweet tooth. Anybody else? I like sweets. But I want, I want this to be sweeter. It's a, good, it's a good prayer for all of you like me that have sweet tooth problems. We'll pray it together after the service, okay? Right next to the donuts. <laughs> uh, 
in verse 67, my soul keeps your testimonies, and I love them. Listen, I just love that he adds that. I love them exceedingly. <laughs> it would have been enough to say I love them, but I love them exceedingly. Literally, just reading those, I was preparing this morning, I was just reading through these, and hearing these phrases come out of my mouth, like, ignited something <laughs> in my spirit. So this is hopefully encouraging to you guys. And, and again, make it your prayer. Now, and you can also find in Psalm 119 some really simple and direct instruction about the other side. It's not just hungering, but also consistency and diligence. Here's what it says in verse 4 of Psalm 119. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently, period. <laughs> so there you go. Just plain and simple. There's the diligence required if we want to be a, a men and women that are faithful to the word of God. All right? So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray, and uh, then I'm going to go into the second half of this message here. So um, if you know that you want or need more hunger and love and desire for the word of God, then I want to pray for you. And also, if you want more consistency and diligence in the word of God, then I want to pray for you too. And yes, you can raise your hand for both. <laughs> okay? So uh, just be honest here. This is a pr uh, church's participatory, all right? Uh, at least here in Antioch. So if you want more hunger, passion, desire for the word of God, you know you need it in this season, raise your hand real quick. Awesome. Great. I would have you each lay hands on each other, but you're all raising your hand. So I'm going to pray for you. Lord, I ask right now, just go ahead and just believe that God's going to help you. Lord, I pray right now in Jesus' name that you would increase every one of us, our hunger and our desire for your word. Would what I read in Psalm 119 be true of us? Would that be true when it comes out of our mouth that our soul is consumed with longing for your word? Increase our hunger and our delight and our joy in your word in Jesus' name. Amen. I know who wants prayer for consistency and diligence and follow through in the word of God. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. We've got a few more consistent people than we do hungry. So that's all right. So let's pray right now and just receive it again. Lord, I ask you for consistency. Lord, I ask you in Jesus name, give us diligence Lord, to help us. God, even when we're tired, <laughs> even when we're busy, Lord, even when there's a lot of other things uh, vying for our attention, I ask for grace to be faithful and to follow through, be consistent and diligent in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This simple little 15-second prayer can go a long way. God it hears us, and he's faithful to answer. All right, let's talk about house of prayer. So why don't you actually turn your Bible to Mark chapter 11. It's going to be on the screen in just a second, but I, wa I want you to follow along with me here. Okay, we love the Bible, love the word of God. So let's look at Mark 11. Mark 11, hopefully I got this one right. Mark 11. 15, I did, I did, I did. And this is, again, part two of a really specific main focus for the house of the Lord. And as I read this, I want you to just, I want you to think about who this is describing. This is our Lord Jesus, our loving, kind, compassionate, gentle Lord Jesus. And I want you to see this story because it's important in this context because of what it's about. It's about the house of the Lord, the purpose of the focus for the people of God when they gather. You guys there? If you're there, say I'm there. Awesome. If you're not there, say hold on. Oh, yes, sir. I got you. All right. I've held on. Verse 15. Here we go. You ready? Mark 11. It'll be on the screen, too. They came to Jerusalem, and he, Jesus, when he entered the temple, he began to drive out those who sold and those who bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers in the seats of those who sold pigeons. And he would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. And he was teaching them and saying to them, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations? 
but you have made it a den of robbers. So before I move on, I want you to think about this for a second, okay? Our amazing, tender, loving, compassionate shepherd Jesus, who carries lambs in his arms and his hair is just blowing in the wind, <laughs> enters into the temple and turns over tables. Why? Now, before I answer that question, <laughs> let me just make a few comments. This is really important. One, Jesus is the authority in, really he has all authority in heaven and earth. He has authority over everything, but specifically this place is the household of worship, and he was the leader in authority because that's God's house. That's his father's house. So he had authority to do what he did. Also, he did not turn around and make this a teaching about how if you get mad about something in somebody else's church that you should go flip over tables and chairs, <laughs> okay? This is not an invitation or a license to be critical about churches. That's not what this is because that's not what he said. My house shall be perfect and you're just messed up and be critical. That's not what he turned this into, okay? So if you get frustrated or agitated about something, this is not your license to take it out on your pastor, <laughs> All right. Or your associate pastor. Just take a, just actually deal with Jeremy on any problem you have. <clears throat> He'll take care of it. <laughs> he's, he's, he directs it to the point. My house shall be called a house of prayer. He doesn't direct it to, like, there should be nothing involving money. Okay. He doesn't direct the teaching to there should be nobody carrying anything. Isn't that an interesting phrase? <laughs> He did not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. <laughs> like, what about my Bible, Jesus? <laughs> okay, there's a little context that would be helpful. They were kind of, the people there were using the pretty much the temple courts as a shortcut just on their journeys and literally carrying uh, their luggage or whatever and taking a shortcut. And the Lord said, no, 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 no. This, is whole, this is a sacred place. This is not just a shortcut for your own well-being or your own purposes and plans that you're going. This is not a shortcut place. This is a place of worship. But what he's doing, he is directing <laughs> the church, the household of God, the temple of God to the main purpose. My house shall be called a house of prayer. And it is important to note that he is passionate about this. I think it's really important to know that he's really passionate about this. Okay? The main purpose of the house of God is to be a place of prayer. It's a place of connection with God. We don't come here just to connect with one another. We don't come here just to listen to a preacher. You don't come here just for something else to take a picture and post it on your Instagram. <laughs> this is a place of connection with the living God. When, you, when we gather, we're here for him. We're not here for each other. We're not here to pat ourselves on the back and say, I went to church, did something good today, woo! I even came early and put those amazing flags up there. That's all awesome, but the main purpose is to connect with the living God. That place of prayer. Now listen, he could have said a lot of things. My house shall be called a house of preaching. My house shall be called a house of service. A house of missions, a house of social justice, a house of doctrine, a house of good coffee. <laughs> he could have said a lot of things, but he decided to say it's a house of prayer. And because he knows that that place of connection with God, when you allow yourself to be undistracted by everything else around you and the other people around you, and you're connecting with him, that that's where we gain his heart for everything else. That's where we get his vision for everything else. That's where you learn to love the person you're sitting next to today. Is when you talk to God and he reveals how much he loves them. And you're like, I want to agree with you, Lord. <laughs> or you get to see, oh, Jesus, you're such a servant. Oh, my goodness, I can't believe you served me and you served your disciples. And it prompts you to go serve. 
And it actually, when you're continually connecting and engaging with him, the fire inside your heart for the other things of God will not go out. It's when we replace those other things for our connection with God that the fire runs out. Because it's not enough. I can't serve enough to keep a fire going inside my spirit. I can't uh, preach enough to get me going. I like it sometimes. <laughs> but I need connection with God. I need prayer. I need intimacy with him, closeness with him. And that's what we all need to be a vibrant place. And this is the main focus and primary purpose of the house of God, to be a house of prayer. And it's from that place Again, we get to know God, we come alive, we find breakthrough, we get ideas that help us change and impact the world. That's where the power of God is found, that place of prayer. So for us, let me just comment on a couple things here. We're taking this seriously as a church. My house should be called a house of prayer. Um, and here's a couple ways we're taking that seriously. And this is probably one of the biggest things I'm excited about in having our own space is we're going to develop what we're going to call a prayer room. Really, actually, we already have it. It's like on the other side of those windows upstairs, all right? We're going to establish a prayer room, and it's a very simple concept. We designated a room that we pray in. (laughs) Okay, you can pray anywhere you want in this building, for the record. But there's this designated room uh, up there called our prayer room where we're going to have designated time slots, and it's going to be a place for you to come and spend extended time in worship and intercession. It's a little bit different than just your alone time with God. We'd love for you to do that at your house or a coffee shop, just you alone with God. But we're developing a prayer room where we together, sometimes you might be by yourself and that's fine, but with other believers, we can come and worship together. We can pray and we can saturate this place, but also this region and a lot of worship and a lot of prayer. I'm excited about that. And in fact, (laughs) because I'm I'm so excited about it, I want us to actually do something with it. And so I'm going to give our church a challenge, all right? So March is coming up soon. How many days from now? Nine days from now? Wow. March is a really big month for us. Uh, we've got multiple uh, mission trips that are coming here, little uh, other Antioch college ministries that are coming to Northwest Arkansas to serve us to sow a lot of seeds and prayer and evangelism all over this region and talk to people about Jesus and try to find people that are hungry. It's amazing. First, uh, there's the second week of March is a group from uh, the Antioch in Boone, North Carolina. Anybody been to Boone, North Carolina before? A few, a few, great. Awesome. Appalachian State. Something like that. App State. (laughs) And they're coming. They're going to, that group specifically is going to focus their outreach and their prayer and intercession time over in Salem Springs, ministering to some JBU students, which is super exciting. And then the week after, we have the college ministry from Antioch and College Station, which Antioch and College Station is where this church was planted from. And they're bringing over 100 students. to come, and they're going to focus on doing some ministry at U of A's campus. Literally, they gave up their spring break so they could come to Northwest Arkansas, pray, fast, share the gospel, make disciples, and bless us as a church. That's amazing! <laughs> Who does that? And, and so anyways, what, and then right after that, our college ministry, our college students are taking our spring break trip. We're going to go partner with the Antioch in Norman, Oklahoma, and we're going to go just receive, I mean, powerful teaching and worship time from the leaders there. But we're also going to do some outreach on OU's campus and try to find some people that are hungry for the Lord and see some breakthrough there. Got a few people that are from Norman or know that area. And we just believe for God's kingdom to come there. And we want to partner with the mission of God and bless another church and bless another city. So anyways, all that's happening in the month of March. It's going to be a busy month. All right, pray for me, <laughs> please. And I get some sleep. But I want us as a church body to really prepare the way in the spirit by praying. 
There's going to be a lot of seeds that are sown, so to speak, and I want the soil to be ready, to be ripe. And the only way we can do it, we can't force that. We can't make that happen, but we can pray and ask God to do it. And so here's the challenge. In the month of March, we would love everybody in our church to spend at least one hour in our prayer room in the month of March. One hour in the prayer room, month of March. Can you do it? You can do it. I know you can. Now, there's going to be some simple steps of how to sign up and all that stuff. There's a web page that's going to have some resources on it and our, our little calendar of when you can come. Also, we're going to do um, some early morning prayer slots and other things throughout the day. So hopefully it'll be easy to enter in. Not quite ready yet. We're going to wait till March to get going, but we're going to saturate that month in a lot of prayer. Sound good? I'm believing that we're going to see a big harvest. All right, last but not least, and then we're going to hear some testimonies. What I want you to also see here in this passage is verse 18. Right after Jesus flips over some tables and some chairs and says, don't carry that, he says, my house will be called a house of prayer. But here's the initial response from some of the people there. Verse 18 says, the chief priests and the scribes heard it and were seeking a way to destroy Jesus, for they feared him because all the crowd was astonished at his teaching. Now, I want you to notice a couple things. One is the majority of the people, so it calls them the crowd, they were like, wow. We know he's right. Like there's something in us that says, yes, yes. They're astonished. They're fearing him. They're like, yes. But don't miss the first group of people, the religious folks. The chief priests and the scribes heard it, and they were seeking a way to destroy him. And what a great response. Somebody comes and does something passionate, you're like, hmm, I should destroy him. <laughs> Here's my point of just sharing that is it's just so crazy, but it's true. If the house of God, the church, the people of God, Make prayer, connection with God, the main focus, it will always lead to some haters. Every time. It's going to be those that say, okay, you're praying, that's good, but what, what, about, what about this? You guys, you got, do you ever evangelize? Do you ever do service projects? Do you ever do this? Do you ever feed the poor? Do you ever do this? All you guys do is pray. Let me just comment on that. Praying too much will never be an accusation from Jesus. It doesn't mean that we ignore everything else. But, but like I said earlier, when we connect with him, we're going to get his heart for the poor, for the broken, for the nations of the earth that need the gospel so desperately. And we're just so, you know, we got, we got this here in America. There are nations that never heard the gospel. You get passionate for that when you spend time listening to Jesus and seeing his heart. He is the desire of the nations. He's the king of kings and lord of lords over the whole earth. He desires every tribe, tongue, people, and nation to come to know him. That comes by us connecting with Jesus. So even though we might get some haters, never any haters in this room in Jesus' name, we're going to be faithful to prioritize what Jesus said to prioritize, that my house shall be called a house of prayer. And from that place, everything else will flow. Amen? All right, I'm going to do what I did also with the, with the Word of God thing. I'm going to pray over us real quick, and I want to pray for those that just know you need more hunger or desire or passion for prayer, and then also praying for those that you just know you need some more consistency and diligence and follow through in that place of prayer all right so how many guys want some more hunger and desire and love for place of prayer raise your hand real quick awesome great how many guys want need some more consistency and follow through and diligence on that anybody great i'm gonna pray for both of you at the same time so just receive this father we just thank you that your word is clear and it's powerful and it's so helpful and father i pray right now over every one of us lord that you would give us a fresh fire for that place of connection with you that place of prayer Give us hunger. Give us desire. Would it be a joy and a delight for us to connect with you in this place? And Lord, we ask you also for help to follow through 
to be diligent, to be faithful. When we're tired, when we're distracted, we still are entering into this place of connection with you. Thank you. Help us be a place and a people of prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, as we close up here, we're going to get to hear some cool testimonies about some folks that have been impacted and been changed uh, through connecting alone with God and gotten some breakthroughs. You guys ready to be encouraged? Yeah? All right. So if you are sharing a testimony, go ahead and come on up here. Y'all line up over here to my left. So we got Joey, we got Kelly, we got Leif, we got Mara. I think you guys are all here. Awesome. Y'all go line up right over here. Joey, you slide on over. And the band's going to go ahead and uh, come on up whenever they're ready. Um, okay, again, one more time. As uh, This is like people sharing, hey, I've got some breakthrough, and it was connected to me taking seriously this whole series of getting alone with God. And, and here's uh, one more comment about testimonies. This is not a time necessary to just like look at these people and be like, wow, wow, that's good for them. <laughs> this is an opportunity to say, wow, thank you, God. And then also, God, what are you doing in me because of this testimony? If you can do it in Joey, if you can do it in life, God, you can do it in me. All right? And so and some of these might really hit home with some of us and the things that we're walking through right now. All right? So be prepared to be encouraged. Ready, Joey? Slide on down, and then uh, we'll just keep sliding. All right? I'll stay up here to direct you guys. You got this. Not complicated. You got it. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, my name is Joey Casillas. Um, I play that quiet instrument over there in the corner. Um, so my time with Jesus has kind of been like a very continual process. Um, I was earlier or last night, I was looking through my journal trying to find, like, okay, what do I want to talk about? And what I noticed was instead of having some, like, single breakthrough moment or event that happened, it was more like a themed kind of, like, continual process. Um, so, like, I noticed a lot of my prayers when I first started was just more like, all right, God, give me, like, practical things. Like, what do you want me to do, like, from this time to this time? Or, like, what can I do to, like, like your commandments and, like, love it? And then sometime in November, my prayers sort of shifted to, all right, God, how do I depend on you? How do I submit to you? So just that noticed difference of themes was very much like an answer to all of my former original prayers in and of itself in that God gave me that answer. He's like, well, you can get this love to do my commands and statutes by abiding, like Mitchell said. Um, the more I see him, the more that I get to uh, just know him, know his word, the more I realize it's only going to be through God's strength, through Jesus' strength. Um, so a lot of my prayers started shifting, like, okay, now how do I do that then? Like, how do I take my thoughts captive and then submit it to you? Um, so that's kind of what it's been recently. It's just been a lot of my prayers, like, learning how to do that. Um, and it's just been great, like, now when trials and temptations come, I'm like, all right, God, you're my rock, you're my fortress, you're my solitude, like, let's go. Like, so now I'm just submitting it to him and just like, nope, like, that's not me anymore. I'm a new creation. So, like, I just press forward. Uh, so it's been going really great. <laughs> I encourage you all to do it. Right on. My name is Leif. Um, I don't play any instruments up there. But um, my time with Jesus has recently really highlighted kind of just a – a need, uh, less of a need for me and more of a need for, for Christ. And in Ecclesiastes, when Solomon's talking about all his vanity, like, it's, it's really been like, dang, all his vanity. Like, I could spend so much time seeking after things that are just not going to fill me up. But in that time with Jesus, like, that is the rich stuff. That is the stuff that's going to 
make an impact in your life and then help you make an impact in others' life. Like, it's just, it's not worth your time to do anything less than spend time with Jesus. Like, it just, come on. Like, <laughs> we have a direct line to our king. Let's use it, you know? And so it's, yeah, and it's almost like a, a selfish thing. Like, like you, you get to spend time with Jesus. Like, he comes, he, he rests on you, and you're like, oh, I kind of like this. This is kind of fun. Let's keep doing it. And then he just, like, goes deeper, and you can go deeper, and then you just learn the characteristics of God and get excited about it. So that's what I got. Hi, my name's Mara. Um, so where I've been receiving breakthrough from the Lord is through work. Um, I guess I started working at Mercy as a nurse in August. And since then, I've just been, like, praying that God will just, like, move in my heart, like, towards my patients and, um, like, in my workplace and, like, pretty much since I started, it's been a lot of, like, high anxiety and high stress, and there's just so many times where I would show up to work and immediately, like, feel anxious or be like, God, I don't want to be here. I don't want to deal with this, like, mean and manipulative patient today. I just want to, like, go home and go back to my bed, um, but I've just been, like, praying over and over and over again of, like, okay, what do you want me to do? Is this somewhere I need to be? And I felt like, like, two months ago, there was this, like, phrase that he spoke to me, and, like, just through continually coming before him, and it was, Mara, if you ask me to help you to be faithful, like, I will always answer that prayer. Um, and so since then, it's just, like, a little bit every single day, like, there's just this deeper desire to, like, pray for my patients, like, by myself, and then when I, like, get to the hospital, and, like, there's these moments where I'm, like, I can't leave this room unless I know if these people know Jesus or not, because they come in, and their, like, bodies are breaking down, and they're hopeless, but, like, and God has just shown me, like, I want to meet them. Like, I want to encounter them. Like, this is why they're here is to, like, meet m with me. Not just so you can, like, be a good nurse and, like, do your due diligence, but so, like, you can show them, like, there's more. Um, and that there's, like, healing for their physical bodies and their spirits. And so it's just been, like, really sweet to see all these things happen and these lives be impacted because, like, he is faithful to meet me when I feel weak, and he's faithful to meet me when I feel like I don't have enough to, like, share with others. And so, yeah, it's just been really good. A lot of breakthrough. Amen. Amen. So good. I want you to not, not miss a key there. You know, I think it sounded like it was at least weeks, if not months, of Mara talking and processing this through with God, alone with him. And then, boom, some breakthrough happened. So don't miss that key. That's this is a place of breakthrough. Kelly, wrap us up here. What do you got? I uh, tied mine up, and I'm just going to read it because if you know me, you know I just need to read this. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll be here all day. Hi, I'm Kelly Casillas. Joey is my brother. We're not together. He's my sibling. <laughs> the biggest breakthrough. Common misconception. Common misconception. The biggest breakthrough concerning time with Jesus or being alone with God for me has been realizing the need to have time with Jesus. My time with Jesus has looked very different over the course of my life, which I think is a testament of itself regarding my growth and my relationship with God, going from prayers like, please help me find a good parking place, Lord, while I'm actively searching for one, to waking up early in the morning to intentionally spend time with God before I start my day. Spending time with God has just shown me his character more than anything else. You get to know someone by spending time with them, and the same is true with God. I understand his intentions for me way more now than ever in my life previous, previously. 
knowing God's intentions for me are good and perfect and for his glory really has shifted my mind in a lot of ways and encourages me to continue to seek renewing of mindsets with him. Even though it's exhausting sometimes, it's worth it because I know in the long run the fruit and the glory for God this work I'm putting in will be so much sweeter than any tiredness or hurt or any feelings I might be having in the moment. Currently in this chapter of my life, God has been challenging me to really pray specifically for things and to go to him for absolutely everything because I I struggle with the spirit of independence. So a very sweet moment last October happened during a time I was doing this well, going to him about things bothering me. In this case, it was my 30th birthday. Coming up and uh, I was really struggling hitting this milestone. You can look through my journal. There are several entries where I'm just crying out for help in this, a change of mindset about turning 30, acknowledging that God was trying to encourage me through it with reminding me that Joseph's dream came true at 30 of his brothers bowing to him and Jesus starting his ministry at 30, etc. I couldn't shake this absolute dread I had about my birthday, and I am a birthday person. <laughs> Never have I ever been not been excited for my birthday coming up, and I processed that with him. I cried myself to sleep the night before my birthday, and when I woke up, bliss. This is what I wrote on the morning of my birthday. This morning I woke up with the word reset on my mind. I felt refreshed, and as soon as I started praying, I felt free of the burden of my 20s. Things that happened during that decade fell off of me. I felt separated from them, and like I had a brand new start. I felt the Lord leading me to read Psalm 30, and of course, it's about joy coming in the morning. Verse 2 stuck out to me right away. Oh, Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you have healed me. That verse perfectly depicts how I felt this morning. All month, I've been crying out to him for help with my mindset about turning 30, and this morning, I felt like a whole new person. Praise you, Jesus, for answering my prayers. I love you, Jesus. The way I felt fall off my body, wow. 30-year-old Kelly has never done any of the sinful things 20-year-old Kelly did. This was so, so, so sweet, and I'm so happy I gave that burden to God, and he made it light, truly for me. And I just want to end with saying that everything is small to Jesus. There is no big and there is no small. Like, we try to grade our problems, what we go to him about, and it, it all matters to him. And nothing's too big for him to handle and anyway that's it stay, you can stay here. stay here good hey stay here kelly what you do just pray short prayer over us anyone that's just wrestling through some personal things i'm gonna have her just pray over us and just for any of us that feel like you know maybe a different example but you just know you're really wrestling with something that's weighing you down or burdening you, and just the Lord cares, and he sees, and that's a powerful testimony, and there's breakthrough on the horizon for you. So can you pray over us? Yes, God, thank you that everything matters to you, and every feeling that we're feeling matters to you, and you want us to take those to you, God, and you want us to help us through all the little things. If we cut our finger or if we're going through a drastic change in our life right now, God, it all matters to you. Thank you, Lord, that we have the privilege to go to you for all these things and that you just open the door for our lives, God, that we can just freely walk through, Lord, and reach you at any moment. In a moment's notice, God, we can just lift up our voice to you and you hear us. Thank you so much, Jesus, God. And I just pray for everybody here. 
Lord, that their hearts and their minds and their ears will all be open and turned toward you, God, and that they will just run to you, Jesus, and that they won't delay it any further, Lord God, and that they will just know, Lord, that you are the rock and our cornerstone that we stand upon, Lord, and that you are the one that keeps us firm and keeps us grounded, God. And I just pray, Lord, that this morning the Holy Spirit has just done the work, Lord, that you want, Lord, and I just pray that uh, whatever needed to be received this morning was received well, Jesus, and I just pray that we can all leave motivated and encouraged and just so just joyful that we get to spend time with you, Lord, and that that's just so freely welcomed by you to spend time with you, and that you want to spend time with us, too. It's not just about you wanting us to spend time with you. You are longing to spend time with us, God, because you love us so much, and we just thank you for that, God, and we just pray all these things in Jesus' name. Let's stand to our feet, guys. Some of our uh, life group leaders and staff, why don't you come forward and make yourself available um, on the different sides of the stage here. just want to uh, end our time with some worship, but also just responding to whatever the Holy Spirit is bringing up in your uh, heart. If there's a Specifically, if there's a breakthrough that you know that you need, if there's something specific you've really been wrestling through, then we want to pray for you. All of us have things, including the people that are up here uh, but we are the church, the people of God, the family of God, and we care for one another. And it's so powerful when you share what's burdening you with somebody else and get them to partner with you so that it's not just you that's carrying that burden, but someone else can carry that with you. So if there's a specific breakthrough that you need and you want some prayer this morning, then come forward. If not, just uh, we're going to worship. We're going to thank the Lord that in him there's victory and in him we overcome. Amen. So, Lord, we just pray that you would give us the boldness. If we, need, we know we need prayer this morning, I pray we, we would respond and get prayer. And just give you the worship that you deserve. Thank you that you're a God of breakthrough. And you're the God that leads us to a place of victory and overcoming. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me get some prayer if you need it.